Hey everyone, my name is Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the trashy and sometimes riveting world of reality TV and docu-series. Yes, honey, but through our own lens, which is tainted by our love for each other and our hatred of most other people, but also, at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. And today we're talking about the Discovery Plus docu-series House of Hammer, and this would be episode one. Ooh, love bomb. Okay, you guys. So you guys know what it feels like to be loved bomb, right? You know that women are socialized to want and crave and desire for a man's full attention, that love, that support to be your best friend, and that you guys, then you guys have kids and that's perfect. And there's no roller coasters, there's no bumps. And if there are, it's your job as the woman to figure it out. It's your job as the woman to be sweeter, be kinder, be more loving, or be whatever it is that that man needs you to be, to back him up, to support him, to be ride or die. And to know that you did everything you could for your man. That is what we're taught. So with that, we have certain situations that sometimes women run into that feel like the right thing, but actually are not. Chris? Yeah. I mean, love bombing is a full on word that we all know that I know the dictionary definition of because I read. Um, I haven't yet experienced that though. Like I feel like I've never been love bombed. I've been dick bombed, you know, but I've not been like we're love or lust bombed, but definitely not been love bombed. And I think it's because I'm so hungry for it anyway that I probably would just give it right back and that person would be like weirded out. So, yeah. I'm really excited to talk about this documentary because, you know, I think that it makes women realize that haven't realized it how one could fall in a situation that was toxic for them through a series of things that felt beautiful and great. And it, like, that's what's shitty about this. You know, it isn't like these women got addicted to heroin and they were like going to Skid Row and like, you know, like picking up heroin and we're like talking about that. It's like, you just meet, you think, a great guy. And you know what? A handsome man. Oh, wait, a man that has a job. Holy shit. And his family's rich. And the job is like, if you care about it, like a big time kind of job, like being a famous actor, like all of that is like, check, 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 check. And this man is in love with you and telling you how gorgeous you are. And like, it's like, to have all of that would be overwhelming. And to be confused by some of the newer things or like th- things that were out of your realm that he is showing you and then not understanding if it's ignorance behind your part or just something you have to like do to make him happy. I mean, it's it's a slippery slope that I could see. Listen, I could see myself going down. I could like, uh-huh. I always feel like, oh, I unfortunately I can be an easy get. You know, I always feel like I'm susceptible, you know? And so I'm happy I'm watching this because I'm like, Chris, 
don't don't do it. Don't answer a DM. I think at the end of the day, I'll never answer a, a DM. I think is the answer. But um, what I was like, okay, more of the story. Anyway, moving on. No, just kidding. Let's talk about episode one. Yeah, go ahead, Wa. So we hear a voiceover or a voicemail of Army basically love bombing Courtney. Army Hammer is an actor. He, as Chris said, is tall and handsome. Okay, this is a beautiful ass man. He's like and- Prince Charming. He looks like Prince Charming. Like Disney pro gorgeous, clear blue eyes that radiate, not like beady eyes that radiate hate or radiate like scariness. Like he has beautiful eyes. Like I, I kept looking at his eyes being like, they don't look like the eyes of a mean person, you know, like, and I'm saying that because I think that sometimes, I mean, I would, yeah, I don't, sometimes I think I would get confused by like, I'm looking into like beautiful, warm, gorgeous, ocean blue eyes, like Billie Eilish would say, and how are they going to go so wrong? But they do. Well, yeah, he, everything that he does is kind of layered to reel her in. And we hear this voiceover of him basically telling her that he loves her and that he, she's beautiful and that like, but he's excited to see her and he's going to come over with his little bag. And his little bag is filled with the, like his instruments that he likes to use while having sex. Courtney says that when you're with him, you feel like you're his completely. And that he basically would call her and talk to her for like hours a day and would tell her intimate details about his childhood, things that he fears, things that he loves, and like just completely made her feel like, this is so crazy, this was meant to be, oh my God, Mm -hmm. uh, you're so great. And she said that, you know, he had this charisma about him and so did his a former classmate. A former classmate says like, yeah, I took classes with him every Tuesday for years and he was a charismatic guy. Like he he had worked really hard in the industry. He was doing things like Desperate Housewives. So he really did kind of work his way up as far as acting goes. I, I wouldn't say that the Hammer name took him super far um, as far as that goes. And that he ended even with the social network. But after that, he did a slew of just like movies that just didn't work. And I was like, at least you get movies, guy. Like, who cares if they didn't work? <laughs> so he finally gets a movie called Call Me By Your Name. And that is what throws him into the spotlight. And he is just like, I guess, going on tours with, is this Timothy Chalamet or whatever? It going is. Going on tours with this person and like, you know, doing an Oscar run, all that good stuff. And then we meet somebody by the name of Julia because the the pandemic hits, right? And everybody's like inside. And guess where Army is? Army is on Instagram. Go Chris. So yeah, he had met Courtney in real life, RRL, like at a bar in Dallas. She's like a businesswoman. She's like, think Kate Beckinsale and uh, like a younger Kate Beckinsale. And then he like, she wakes up the next morning. He's like followed her. And then like, you know, she follows him back on Instagram. Like, and then it's like a couple of months before he even slides into her DM. So he has like a pattern with this Julia. He had found pictures of Julia. Now, Julia is gorgeous, super young, kind of gives, I mean, like Bratz doll. I mean, in the sense that like the hugest eyes and like a tiny, tiny little face. I mean, all these women are beautiful. Absolutely. You know, so in their own way. So they don't all look the same, but they, you know, I, yeah, anyway, Julia is like a, I mean, very hip young girl who I think is majoring at USC or getting her MFA. And so she had done a series of portraits that were like artsy fartsy portraits 
like one of the guys or like project name for Arabella where uh, one in particular, yes, she has um, someone's hand around her throat and it's a very, you know, violent looking picture that Army had seen like in 2016 and had like been obsessed with and DM'd her then. But it was in the message folder and, you know, she's not checking that. She's like too cool for that. Come on. But she ends up seeing that thing that he followed her or something and or was following her she like didn't realize it and then when she like was gonna go dm him and be like thanks she like saw that and she was like oh my god i didn't i didn't see this like i'm so dumb or whatever and he's like yes that picture of you like i just think about it all the time you know like and quickly starts to engage with her and it becomes very sexual very fast so yeah there is like it's interesting because i think yeah with courtney it seems like he was making a more emotional plea to her. And with Julia, it seems like very early on that it's like more lustful and not so like, we're going to be in a relationship. You're going to be my boyfriend or my girlfriend. But we also start to see some similarities in some things that he's interested in. So with Julia, he, I think, brings up Shabari, which is, there's two rope techniques they bring up. One is One is Shabari, I think, which is, one is like decorative restraint and one is more intense, realistic restraint. It, but I can't remember the names, my loves, because they are ethnic names. It's, in, you know, let me say this. I'm not someone who's like heavily knowledgeable about BDSM, but I feel like naturally, if you've heard this, any part of this podcast before, or if you know me, like, you know, I probably like skew a little like sub or whatever. So a lot of the DMs and the first couple of voicemails that we hear from ARMY aren't horrible, right? Like they're more like, I want to be in possession of you. I want to, you know, like you're mine, that kind of stuff. And it's not that I'm saying, obviously there's something, you know, intensely, I would say like, with those kind of things, they are provocative, and I understand them. But there are people who are like, oh, hot, that's hot. So, and I would probably label myself in some of the beginning, like surface level stuff as being like, eh, that's kind of hot, I like it. And of course, it only means I would like it if I enjoyed the person that was coming out of their mouth. Then someone else, some gross person that I'm not into saying that he wants to own me, I'd be like, haha, Maria, right, you know, absolutely not. Go ahead, Walt. So, we have this moment where she is trying to kind of show that even though she was getting these messages from army that she wasn't completely into it. So she would, yes, heart them. She would double tap them, but she says that that was just to kind of show her engagement that she never like did never thought that those likes meant anything, which is so crazy to me because like, for me, I personally don't like a comment if I don't like it. So I was a little confused out of that, but I think it's a generational thing. I'm just, I'm a literal person and I don't have time for the like fluff and nonsense. And I don't want to make anybody feel good about anything. Like sometimes people send me DMs and I'm like, ugh, if it was boring or if it wasn't funny, I'll put the thumbs down on it. I'm, no. quite, I'm quite rude. Like I will, I, I will react in the way that I feel. So, Wait, I have a question. What's ruder, a thumbs down or just not even reacting at all? I think thumbs down, I know is ruder, but I, if we're friends or if you're somebody that I want in my life and I want you to know, <laughs> I have to put a thumbs down so that you know that, that you know that I don't like that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we're friends and I want you in my life. So I need to be real with you and be like, yeah, this content, this is, don't send me that. Cause I'm going <laughs> to stop liking you. If you continue to send me things like that, don't, I don't need to know that side of you. Just keep that to yourself. We're good over here. So he would, you know, say things like he wanted to bite the F out of her. And she was just kind of like, ha ah, going with it. <laughs> and she, Oh, never actually met up with him, but just kind of kept him on the periphery. So when this was all going down, she felt like she knew that it was true simply from the DMs that she was getting from him. Mm -hmm. So then we have a transition to back to him and Courtney. And one day Courtney came, went to like New York City to visit some friends. And he mm -hmm. was like driving from Florida to, to California. And he stopped in... Dallas and she wasn't there and he was like pissed like he called her like 22 times while she was in New York City with her friends now 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 that is the point as somebody who was initially attracted to all of the things that he was saying to her and felt like yes I could have been in her position the moment I flew to New York City and I was with my friends and and any celebrity you know there's a there's an there's an, a celebrity that I dated whose initials are Mimar and like if that person had Mim Rar is what I heard. <laughs> hey, Mim Rar is what mm -hmm. I heard. If that person had called me 22 times, mm -hmm. knowing that I was not at home and with my friends, that would be an, I would like, oh no, this person ha has skeletons in their closet. Like I, as a black female dealing with that male, I would have, those would have put, a, even if he was black, I red flags 100%. You you're not allowed to do that. 22 times is fucking crazy. So like I'm now knowing that person is is crazy and she felt some kind of way about it and then she drove and he then it was even weirder because one of the pictures was a picture of the outside of her apartment building and I don't think that she had ever truly told him where she lived. So it was weird that he had that or they took pictures talking about he was going to go inside of her apartment. And then for whatever reason, she kind of stops talking to him. She gets home. I think they chill for a while without speaking. And then all of a sudden they start talking again because she's flying to LA to hang out with another friend. I said, okay, CEO, bitch, you just got friends and you just be flying all around the country just to like see them and say, what's up? And so she gets there, she gets to California and the plan was is that she was going to meet him after she had lunch with a friend. Um, so she literally just went to LA to like have lunch with a friend. And then she ended up getting on the back of his motorcycle and they drove out to 29 Palms, which is like the desert area. I'm not sure if it's very close to Palm Springs, but it's like the desert area of California. And he had a friend who owned a motel there. They drove up with the dog and she just ended up spending three weeks with this man in the desert I know, where I know. he just made her feel like the most important thing on the face of this planet. Now, mind you, this man has two kids and he has a ex-wife who I guess at this point he had told Courtney that they were separated, but who knows if they truly were Chris. Yeah. Courtney is a businesswoman. She has an app. I'm not quite sure. I think it's called flashed. I don't know what the uh, purpose of the app is in a beauty business. I, he, when he had, gone to her apartment he also left a note that was something like i you know it's like the notes are kind of like i want to take a bite out of you or i wish i could eat you 
you know, kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like, what? That's what I put here. Going to take, going to bite the fuck out of you. That's from the note. That's what I just remembered. That's on the note. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to take a, wait, wait, say it again. I'm going to bite the fuck out of you. He was like, how dare you not be here? Such and suchy suchy. And then at the end, I'm going to bite the fuck out of you. And listen, that was hot to me. Hot, hot. hot Yeah. If he, listen, up to this point, if you subtract the fact that he called 22 times, I'm still a new it. Like if, if I, and if I told him where I lived, I'd still be a new it. I'd just be like, Oh, he was in Dallas and just wanted to, you know, I just be like, I would have listened. I'm susceptible. I already told you this. So mm-hmm. yes, if I was in love with this man and blah, 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 blah. And he was just like, Oh, I was in your neighborhood. Like, here's, here's where you are. You're not here. Wah. I'd be like, Oh, I wish I was, you know, like, and he wrote a note saying, uh, I want to bite the fuck out of you. I'd be like, honey, I'll get my ass to LA. And sure, I'll say, I'll get my ass to LA. And yeah, like I'm here to have lunch with a friend, but like, I'd be like, and for you to like, come get your girl, you know, like, you know, like here's the bite, you know, like I'm like literally a dancing pizza in front of him, you know, please. But yeah, when they get to the desert, you know, like she's Instagramming. And so a lot of the footage we have for her is kind of like boomerangs and pictures from her stories and like they're filtered. She's like, you know, living like a Joshua tree Instagram life, you know, like it's them, you know, with he's wearing one of those kind of like Mexican, you know, blanket shirts and she's wearing, yeah. mm -hmm. And she's wearing, you know, cowboy hats, you know, and we know this, you know, she's actually from Dallas. So maybe I can give her that. But the other thing is that, She's very into it, and he keeps being like, we should get some ropes, girl. Got to get those ropes. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, we don't have to. Or we could just not. We could not get the ropes also. You know, we could just, like, have a little, van- you know, I don't mind a little vanilla. <laughs> I love vanilla soft serve. And, yeah, sometimes some sprinkles are okay, but, like, we don't need, like, Rocky Road every night gelato, you know. And she – he keeps going to rope stores and they don't have the ropes that he, that she wants. And in this situation, he does seem to see that she's not excited about finding ropes, which is interesting when he decides not to push boundaries. And when he does, because ultimately all he is into is like not caring about what the women want. So anyway, he, he and her watched the movie, the secretary. And when they show the scenes of, David Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal and you you don't I'm gonna watch that movie tonight because that's how much I fucking love it okay just there's David Spade and there's James Spader (laughs) so I'm just gonna go ahead and say that she met James Spader and she absolutely did not meet David Spade oh my god oh I didn't no I know you didn't okay it's James Spader can you imagine could you imagine a world in which the secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal was with David Spade I would die James, James, James Spader. Oh, oh Jesus. shit, James okay, Spader. James Spader. <laughs> Say it over and over again. David James Spade, star of the secretary. Oh God, let me listen. He, I mean, if he, if he killed <laughs> so the role, it'd be like an Oscar-winning thing. I've never seen the secretary. I like know about it. I can't like. Yeah, I, maybe I even tried to watch it, but I felt like it was boring or something. But like, basically, Maggie Gyllenhaal just is like becomes this, you know, this submissive subs of sub all time of a James Spader who and she's also his assistant slash secretary and he is the boss in more ways than one. And there's just a lot of scenes of her like getting on her knees and 
probably like doing things like that way. At one point she has, which I've never, again, which was like really crazy. Like she had her arms like to a cross. She couldn't move her arms. And then she had to like staple his pictures or sorry, his pictures. (laughs) That's the most actory thing I ever said. Staple his resumes to his pictures. No, staple his like work by just like using her chin, like, (laughs) you know, and then like, I don't know, picking up the piece of paper with her mouth and moving it to the, to the pile that's stapled. I don't even know. Why is that what happens? Yeah. So there's a series of things that he has her do. Like, first of all, he like will will take a red pen to her work and tell her like it was done wrong. And he just like scribbles all over it in red pen and gives it back to her very angrily. And so then she like b- picks it up. And at first she was confused as to what was going on because she was like, why is he like this? I think he was just a deeply unhappy man. And he was kind of taking out it, taking it out on her. And then one day she decided because she was like, a horny little introvert she decided that she was like going to that's why you like this that's why you like it don't you do it a, do, do it an interesting way and he like realized the game was afoot and so he just began to like do make her do things in little ways and it was just the two of them in the office and then when it finally came time for them to have sex their sex scenes were so like cinematic and like metaphoric like he laid her on this like bed of i don't know foliage she's just like in the middle of this like beautiful forest looking i don't know if they were and he just adores her he just adores her and takes her to wherever she needs to be and so that is kind of what the story emulates. And so the fact is, is that she watched that and I guess she was into it kind of, but not super into it. And then one night they did something that I think is, was very traumatic for her. I think she had like trauma from it. She won't name what it was, the sexual act that he had her do, but then she was very upset afterwards and he was aware of it. And then the next day they just pretended like, nothing happened and just went on and he just spent a lot of quality time with her i mean he was just constantly with her afterwards and then they went their separate ways she's in dallas and he's in la and then photos pop up of him and rumor willis Mm -hmm. and he tries to tell her that you know it's not true it's not it's not exactly you know it's like he was acting or something he was just pretending and she's like, no, no, I can bloody tell that what you're doing is something, the way you hold her is yeah. the way you held me. And then we talk about, go ahead. Sorry, his, so in this picture, yeah, he has his hand on Rumor's thigh slash butt in a way that is a grasping firm hold that when she, I knew, I agree with her. Like if you see, if I was dating this person and it's more than just like, you know, like her having her little like arm around his as they walk, you know, like hold my step. The way that he uses his entire palm to guide her hip was telling. And yeah, like, you know, anyone who watches this will start in their mind when she says she doesn't want to talk about what the situation is. Your mind starts going like, well, what could it be? Is it like, we talk later about, maybe like some blood stuff or whatever. There's also like golden showers and there's scat play and there's like, you know, there's like a bunch of things, you know, like pulling hair or, you know, you know, flogging or, you know, like spitting in someone's mouth or, you know, like calling someone a dirty, dirty whore. There's like, 
so many acts, but it, or you can do, but at the end of the day, like the thing about the BDSM and the secretary is that what is happening is for pleasure and for both people's pleasure. And we can talk about this more and they don't really say this in the, in the documentary, but I think that at the end of the day, the beautiful thing when it's a healthy relationship between a dom and a sub is you think, oh, what the sub is like trying to make the dom like as happy as possible and like fulfill the dom's every whim. But the truth of the matter is a good dom is also worships his sub and wants his sub to be like at the height of all ecstasy as well. Anyway, go on, Wong. Yeah, so we get introduced to another girl who this is kind of like not chronologically in the thing in the time that's happening to Courtney, but this is afterwards when there is a girl, two girls that kind of get brought in. And one of them is being represented by Gloria Aldred. And the other one is just a blonde that looks exactly like Courtney, not look exactly, but they look similar. And there are pictures of this blonde and Courtney can see in the pictures that the blonde is like, got bite marks on her bruise in ways that she was bruised herself. And Courtney says, listen, if this is your fantasy, more power to you. Like then the documentary acknowledges that what BDSM it, what BDSM is and what army hammer was doing weren't not were not the same thing right. that he tre- he dressed it up in BDSM because of some of the acts were similar, like the Shibari rope fantasy, like the bruises and the bite marks. and But those things happen once you have explicit c- consent and, you know, understanding before you perform that scene. And we have somebody whose Twitter handler name is House of Effie. And that person starts to come forward and dropping things about Army Hammer and Courtney then responds to it like, you go, girl, this is exactly it. And it turns out that the girl from House of Effie is like a 22-year-old European girl who came to the U.S. or whatever. I don't know, you know, on tourist visa or whatever. And that she had one such night with Army Hammer after, you know, months of talking to him via Instagram. And he basically just sexually assaulted her over and over and over again one night. And even while she was crawling away crying, like he was like, I can only imagine he was like American psycho crazy yeah. when it was happening. And so when we meet Gloria Aldridge, Gloria Aldridge starts to represent her. And we have like a video of her talking about all the things that Army Hammer did to her. And then, you know, she talks about how the person who was representing Army Hammer was a guy who was always representing men who are getting called caught in sexual assault cases and she refers to them as you know glory refers to the type of people that that lawyer represents as the bad boys club so we like also Bill cosby i mean you know like he he represents the worst of the worst Sorry. yeah and so then we've got another person zen blonde and she's on tiktok mainly and she was very like ex- like not excited but very like taken aback by this so she decides to do some research to see like more about army hammer and his family and she comes across an audiobook written by army's aunt called uh, the aunt's name is casey hammer and i can't remember what the name of the book is called my crazy family or something like that and 
in it, she starts to listen to it. And as she gets like information about the family, she just goes on TikTok and just like films a quick TikTok. So as she's listening to it, her then audience is getting a blow by play by play of what she just read, you know, every couple of minutes. And so people have like jumped onto this and they're into it. And, and, you know, she reveals like a lot of the family's dark secrets about the abuse of Armand Hammer, the, you know, wild parties of Julian Hammer, and just like the fact that Army comes from a family of like, you know, sociopaths and men who abuse women. And so that's where we end episode one when we meet Casey Hammer, Chris. Yes. Yeah, so l- let me just say this just to fill in a couple of blanks. When House of Evie starts posting from an anonymous Twitter, I'm sorry, anonymous Instagram account, her DMs with ARMY, and they, she also has a bunch of uh, allegations, which are, which, you know, we, we believe is true. One of the ones that she says is that he, you know, wants to barbecue her rib and eat her. And there's, we start to get this cannibalism thing. Well, that word cannibal becomes like a trending Twitter topic. And so it's ARMY Hammer and cannibal and Twitter in the middle of COVID goes bananas. So it's this Zen blonde and then another person like BFF Bravo. So they're like, they're like TikTok sleuths that are putting themselves behind, you know, green screen pictures of like army. And they're like doing again, the research that was said, which is reading the book, but also going back into interviews that he's done, like on late night talk shows and trying to be like, Oh my God, he went on Jimmy Fallon and was like, I love ropes, you know, like all of this crazy shit where they're like, he's been just saying it the entire time. That is bananas. Now, two more things. A Gloria Allred is a famous attorney that represents women. Her daughter, Lisa Bloom, is also an attorney, the only child of Gloria. And Lisa ruined, I think, her entire career by being the lawyer that said yes to Harvey Weinstein at the beginning of the Weinstein accusations, which is like a slap in the face to A, women, B, the work of your mom, C, your mom. Like, I couldn't believe it. And I feel like if you knew in the situation like that she would have said yes. But what obviously it happened that Weinstein threw a bunch of money at her because in his mind, he's like, get Lisa, the daughter of Gloria already always like to like make me look innocent. And it was horrible, horrible that Lisa said yes. And Gloria went against her daughter and was like, listen, I would never have said yes to that. And not only that, I I would be happy to face her in court, which I thought was great. Yeah. Like meeting Casey and then in the big, so when, we are obviously very much breaking in the first episode down who Army is in real time of being an actor, how he got famous, and then these situations with women and when the shit starts hitting the fan and people start to realize that he has been a monster all over the place. And episode one ends with the introduction again of Casey that she had wrote this book that like was not a bestseller, you know, like no one was really like, it was already like had written like years ago and that in fact, there might be a lot more to the hammer dynasty of deep seated trauma and toxic masculinity. And I mean, to a crazy degree and a lot of abuse and just disordered thinking, psychotic, sociopathic, narcissistic thinking that, I mean, is like nature and nurture combined with extreme wealth and privilege. 
And those are a deadly combination because if you already think you're better than people, then a narcissist is incredibly self-serving. But if you have the means to actually get out of things, more than just the means of being white males, but also the means of incredible amounts of money and privilege and like knowing people, I mean, it's a recipe for, it's a recipe for the fucking disaster. No, it's like, I know I said in the beginning that some things are hot, but by the time even episode one ends, you're like, this is crazy and horrible. I want to also say this. The House of Effie person released a statement after the documentary came out, and she is against the documentary. Her footage we are seeing is not because she sat down. It's because she released a YouTube video. And Gloria is her... um, her you know speaking piece slash her lawyer but she actually did release um a statement saying that she felt the the documentary was making light of women or not making light of women's accusations but like re-traumatizing for her and that is horrifying to hear and so sad and i wonder I wonder where the through line is because I've that's how she feels is absolutely how she feels. And I wish then that they maybe hadn't like shown her face, but at the same time, I think that she may have made her YouTube statement public so that the public personas can use your image. And also Gloria, who is her lawyer is involved. And I, so it's like, that's touchy. And I wish her all the, I wish her all the healing, but there are, women in this documentary that he also did hurt that actively were part of the documentary and whether Courtney feels after seeing the documentary that it wasn't good for her. We'll, we'll just wait for that statement. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, you guys. So that is the end of episode one. And we hope that you guys will go and watch this so that you can follow along with us. We're going to be talking about episodes two and three in later episodes. But for now, you guys can, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month to get all of the content that Chris and I are reviewing this month and next month. That's going to be Love After Lockup and 90 Day Fiance, (laughs) Happily Ever After. I couldn't get it out. 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After. So... Yeah, please join us, Chris. Yeah. Well, first of all, just so you know, if you were watching this live stream, you would have noticed that Waz, a strap went down. You almost saw Waz titty just now. Also, (laughs) Waz and I are wearing the exact same dress. The exact same dress. Other than that, I, uh, yeah, my just, I hope that anyone who has had to deal with trauma and abuse knows that they are not alone. That as, you know, people have a lot of secrets and a lot of people are ashamed to tell, but there are people that when they share their truth, I think those that are scared and didn't believe that there'd be anyone that would understand can hear that. At the same time, I want networks and producers to respect victims. So where that is, where that lies, you know, I'm not quite sure other than if you are someone who is in an abusive relationship or you see your friends in abusive relationships, please get them help. There are 1-800 numbers to call and whatnot. You know, with a lot of the docu- docu-series we watch, I understand what it's like for people to want love in their life. Like, I mean that. I understand it incredibly much. So I think talking about the ways in which love 
can be done in a healthy way and shared and expressed in a healthy way is important because without that, I think that people can get lost in the pursuit of something that we all want and need, which is to cure loneliness and to fill a void. Uh, you can also follow us on TikTok and <laughs> TikTok and Instagram and whatnot. We're Docky Sweeties on Instagram and Twitter. We are Docky Sweeties too on TikTok. Other than that, we are so thankful to have you guys listen. Please rate this five stars, and uh, we will be dropping two and three soon. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.